0: when we look at the subject of who of evangelism who is the evangelist who does the work of evangelism and the answer there is the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit because that verse comes from John 16 verse 8 he will convict the world of righteousness judgment uh, to come he'll convict the world because of me and because of the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ that is this is terrific relief friends you and I are not personally responsible for the salvation of everybody Firstly, Jesus has done it by his death rather than... Secondly, it's the Holy Spirit who persuades people. I cannot persuade anybody to be a Christian, but the Holy Spirit can persuade anyone to become a Christian, as he chooses. My task is to tell the message. The Holy Spirit, his task is to bring people to salvation as he wishes. So, I plant or I water, but What's the rest of it? God gives the growth. It's 1 Corinthians 3. And it's the Holy Spirit who does that work of conviction, of heart and mind, that we need. So, it's wonderful to know, if you actually ask the question, who is responsible for evangelism? The answer is, the Holy Spirit. That's the real answer. And He uses His people... To take his message to the world but it's the Holy Spirit's work that we're involved in which again comes back to well why would you evangelize well because the Holy Spirit's work (laughs) I'm one of God's people that's why I do it how could I not do it as one of his people we last week look last week we looked at the how of evangelism and picking up on 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 there be imitators of me as I am of Christ Paul is the great example of evangelism. So come with me to Acts 20 again, which is what we were looking at last week, Acts 20. And uh, verses 17 through to 27 was the passage we looked at. And so I'm really keen for someone else who's got a good loud voice, who's going to read it for us. Thank you, Joel. That's very helpful of you to volunteer like that. Acts, Acts chapter 20. Okay. What he did was to declare, to live, to testify, to proclaim. It's it's not just to proclaim that he did, he also lived it out. There's no point preaching a gospel, you're not living out. That's a, a great mistake to be making, you've got to live. And he lived with them, declaring, so they could actually see it. My friends, can I encourage you to see that your local pastor is the most important person for you to be hearing the gospel from because he's the one you can see. He's the one whose life you can see. How he treats his dog, how he treats his children, if there's a difference between those two things. Whether he mows his grass or whether he doesn't mow his grass, what kind of car he drives, you see his life. The the tele-evangelist, you don't see his life. You see a manufactured image. And the, 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 the internet download preacher, you don't know what his life is like either, really. I mean, there's nothing wrong with television, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with downloading internet things, philipjensen.com, go for it. I'm um, all for it, mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But you can't see the person's life from the downloads. And of course, from time to time, we get terribly discouraged when you hear of this high-flying evangelical leader, who's preaching through the internet to the world and whose life is actually a travesty. And that's a dreadful thing. You've got to live what you preach openly in front of people so they can hear your message and see your message at the same time. It's not sufficient to live though You've got to declare, you've got to testify, you've got to proclaim. Because no one gets converted by looking how you live. If you live a very Christian life, people will say he's a really nice neighbour. They're not going to hear the gospel that way. That's all they'll be able to say. He's a really nice neighbour. They've got no idea the motivating force of the Lord Jesus in your life. You actually have to speak. You have to testify to him as well. So it's living and proclaiming. What's he proclaiming? Well, everything profitable, the whole counsel of God, the kingdom of God, the grace of God, they're all just synonyms for the same thing. They're all synonyms for the gospel. That's what he's proclaiming. The gospel, there's nothing he would hold back from the gospel teaching. There's anything and everything about the kingdom of God and the grace of God that he teaches. But the end point of preaching the gospel is repentance towards God. Stop what you're doing, turn around, head towards God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. That's what you've got to stop. And you've got to turn back to God. And faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Therefore, I must have faith in him and his sacrifice for us. So there's the how of evangelism and we mentioned other things that trajectory is coming up and at the trajectory conference we'll be looking more at the how of evangelism and helping you in the practice and exercise of doing it but more of that later. So tonight, oh, i finally got to tonight's topic the where and whom of evangelism. You would say the who, who should you evangelize But it's actually whom you should evangelise. That's what we're going to be looking at. Just on the question, what are the problems, plural, with universalism for Australian Christians today? So what are the problems? Just give me one. People are offended by, uh, especially, universalism of judgment and sin, yes? What else? They don't like the idea that all people are equally, like, responsible for the evils of the world? No, they don't like that, do they? They like to think there's really bad people and there's us and our family. Yes. What else? I'm sorry for giving you the tough question towards the end of the evening, but it is a bit tougher this one, isn't it? One of the problems? There's no objective truth. And so... So, when you say all people... All people are something. Well, that can't be true, because there's no objective truth, yes? Everyone's bad, Everyone's bad. they don't like that. No, they like a bit of separation. Yeah, what do you think? Um. Yes. Whereas if there's one God who rules over all things, we're not the deciders of our own fate. So that's the second picture actually is right. We all go our own way. Yes? What else? else. Right, so instead of being lumped in everybody else, I am uh, a anglo-danish background i am uh male i am australian citizenship and extremely handsome and so i have this sense of who i am and it's not like everybody else fits into those categories yeah yes so one of our problems as christians is we we just talk to the people who will listen yeah rather than everybody that needs it yes yeah you see it's those three boxes and that sense of universality of all under the crea- one creator, all of us sinful rejecting him and all of us facing judgement you don't have to reach Jesus before you've already alienated the audience in Australia because it's quite contrary to almost everything that Australia is pushing for today we do not like it in any way. So people want to say all religions lead to God do not exclude any religion once you start saying, well, no, there's actually only one God, well, the Hindus have got hundreds of them. So you're saying, are they wrong? And the answer is, well, yes, actually. But all religions are right, aren't they? All religions lead you to God. All religions have some truth in them. And all religions actually teach the same thing, which is complete rubbish. They don't actually, they teach mutually exclusive things. It's a complete nonsense. But yet it's what Australians believe because it fits in with their sense, their mindset, their worldview. And so they don't like this idea. See, people don't mind Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. I've never heard anyone really complain about that. But when you say the second half of the verse, no one comes to the Father but by me, well, the hackles are up. I can get there via Buddha, I can get there via Krishna, I can get there via Muhammad, I can get there via my great-grandmother. But don't tell me that you can't get there by anybody but Jesus, because that is exclusivist. See, universalism leads to exclusivism. And exclusivism is a real no-no in our society. So we must face the fact that we're going to be wrestling with this. Now, by the way, next term, we're going to be looking at evangelism and how we persuade, how we discuss, how we talk with people. The third term, will be heading into prayer country and how the Holy Spirit works through us. But that's in the future. Here now, all religions, you see, it's, it's a real problem. Some years ago, we invented a, a, a university mission theme. Um, no Christ, no life. As long as we put up K N O W, no one objected. No Christ, no life. But when we put up N O Christ, N O love, hey, the whole place went. We had people attacking us left, right, and center, people writing articles against us and all this, because you're actually saying if you haven't got Christ, you haven't got life itself. Well, that is insulting. Yeah, that's the bottom line, it is. Right? It's saying you're going the wrong way. That's why you need to repent, because stop, you're going the wrong way. You, you haven't got life itself because you haven't got Christ. The universalism of Christ is the exclusiveness, but we are in an inclusivist society. The great push from our political leaders is include everybody. Include everybody in everything. That's why we're going to have a women's rugby union and a women's rugby league competition. That's why we haven't had the men's uh, netball competition being pushed much yet, but it's got to come, haven't it? we have got to have everybody in everything all the time. Inclusivism is a new industry. You can get jobs in big corporate companies being the inclusivist uh, professional who will go through all the company's processes to make sure that everybody is included. Because they've always got the problem, haven't they? They've got Israel Folau. He's a problem. How do you include someone who excludes other people? I'm not saying I'm necessarily agreeing with everything that Israel Folau said, or the way you said it, etc. But you see, he was basically saying, if you practice these things, you cannot be in the kingdom of God. You need to repent to be saved. As a result of that, he can't play rugby union or rugby league. The connection between heavenly teaching and rugby league almost totally escapes me. Right? I know rugby union's the game they play in heaven, but rugby league, thuggery itself, how on earth has that got to do and so we will have criminals playing the game. But we won't have someone whose exclusionary viewpoint fails you see but the reason he's exclusionary is because he's universalist because he says everybody sins and whoever sins will be under the judgment of god whoever it may be see for a long time now our community has been taught, especially by our social workers, about non judgmentalism and uh, self determination. Right? That as you counsel people, don't make any judgments. It's not a bad counseling technique, manipulative, but then that doesn't worry social workers. It's not a bad counseling. You don't just jump in and say, oh, you mustn't be like that because the person won't tell you anymore, so you let them speak and you don't pass judgment on it. And self-determination is you don't make the decision what they should do or shouldn't do, you try and get them to make their own decision. And if they're making a bad one, you keep counselling until you can manipulate them into a good one. I I tried it out with some social work students years ago. They said that they only believed in self-determination and uh, I said, that's fantastic. I said, what would you do if you had a counseling situation coming along where the person being counseled actually wanted to join the Nazi party? Oh, no, 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 I, I, I wouldn't work for them. I can't. Self determination? If a Nazi wants to be a Nazi, you as the counselor, as the social, you should help them be a Nazi, shouldn't you? Because self-determination. If they want to be a Nazi, why should your anti-Nazi philosophy stop them from being what they want to be? Your job is to help people to be what they want to be. And at that point you start to say, this is nuts. (laughs) This is off the planet ridiculous. But that sense of self-determination has spread now across society. It's not just social workers. My life to do with, I want to. Don't you or anybody else tell me what I should or shouldn't do, must or mustn't do, because I am the sovereign boss of me. Which, if you remember, is actually the second picture, isn't it? All we, like God of Australia, all of us have turned to our own way rather than God's way. That's exactly right. Only we think it's bad, they think it's good. They think evil is good when we think evil is bad. You know how they solve that problem, don't you? They've got rid of the concept called evil. But you see, non-judgmentalism, self-determination, you've got to get rid of absolutes. You've got to get rid of absolutes like evil. Of course, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So, the sovereignty of the individual as a ghost God, as against right and wrong, as against even social desire, the community, the collective, is nonsense. But yet, it is an abiding deep principle in our society today, which means that whenever Christians speak in any way of an absolute nature as to something being wrong, we are being rejected for it. As I'm this far out on the limb, let me just step one step further, because last week we had a little cartoon telling us not to. Let me say, see, in Australia today, it is very hard to preach the gospel because of the governmental policy called multiculturalism. Because multiculturalism says all cultures are equally valid and true. And no one in an inclusive society is allowed to criticise somebody else's culture because your culture is as valid as anybody else's culture. They're all equally valid. Now before I get hung by you, let me just point out that I love the fact that in Australia today we have people from all over the world. I love the fact that we're a migrant nation and that we have people from everywhere and and all sharing in this terrific land that we live in and as a Christian We love it because you see we're universalists. I Was raised singing a song which is today considered to be racist But I still have difficulty understanding why it's racist Jesus loves all the children all the children of the world red and yellow black and white all are precious in his sight Jesus loves the children of the world you're not allowed to sing that now because it's racist. What's racist about it? It's actually saying that Jesus loves everybody. Whatever your colour, Jesus loves you. What in what conceivable logical frame of language is that racist? But yet you're not allowed to sing it because ooh, it mentions that people have different colours. Terrible nonsense our community is getting its mind into. Multiculturalism is a nonsense. It's a philosophical nonsense. All the cultures are equally valid and true. All are worth preserving. Well, mine isn't, so why should yours be? Mine's been colonial colonial culture, hasn't it? And no one's going to be a colonial. We've all got to get rid of those terrible British colonialists, haven't we? Well, multiculturalism, no one believes in multiculturalism, not really. Are the Muslims allowed to have four wives in Australia? No. But that's their culture, that's their religion. That's permitted and encouraged, but not allowed to do it in Australia. If you were genuinely multicultural, you could have polygamy for the Muslims and monogamy for the Christians, like they do in India. Where that is the case now that's multicultural you see but australia is against it because we believe that polygamy is bad for women it's oppressive of women doesn't give them equal rights to women we th- the feminists will never bless them come to accept polygamy as a possibility then their culture rules why should their culture rule you see we don't actually believe in multiculturalism. Multiculturalism is a governmental mechanism to keep peace between people and to de-Christianise Australia. It most likely needed de-Christianising together with the de- de- english society, but that's what it's about. It's got nothing to do really with creating a society where we have multiple, multiple different uh, uh, um, cultures everybody in australia has to be educated in english the legal system is not the french system which is a very good system but no no it's the english system and we're not about to change to the french system because we believe in the english system of justice well why don't we have two systems well hang on there's the indigenous australian system too why don't we have that one as well in fact there's we don't have all kinds of legal systems we don't have all kinds of parliamentary systems we don't have all kinds of of educational systems, we have one because we don't believe in multiculturalism it's just a way of trying to hold society together by politicians who are trying to get more migrants in so that our economy can can be kept afloat there I told you I was going to go out on a long limb didn't I I'm not quite sure we've well, heard someone quite attacking multiculturalism to the same extent before. And I'm saying Christians have got a big problem. Because <laughs> we want to say there's only one culture that's right. That's the culture of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And those English people and Australian people and old Aussie people, etc., they need to repent of their godless way of life. Just like the Chinese do and the Koreans and the Japanese and the French and, the... and everybody else. We all need to repent. Because the culture of humanity is Sin. And sins what we've got to repent of and turn back to God. We have a different gospel than the world's message, and that's why we have problems. Need to grasp it, friends, because if you're gonna be hit around the head for being a Christian, you may as well understand why. And mustn't expect it's gonna be anything other than objection to what you're saying. Now before we go to our last prayer time I thought we should just do a bit of question time now because you might have questions about what I've just said because I have gone out on the limb like that. So you want to ask questions and make comments at this stage and then we'll come to our last prayer time that is really important for us. Yeah. Okay we need to pray friends it's more important. But In prayer you see we pray for the world and it's fantastic you and I are evangelizing at the ends of the world. We pray through our missionary Christians who are in the, in the world. But we need to pray for home as well. So we pray for Australia. You need to pray for our home, the people we're gonna to talk to, the family, the friends, etc. Erin, do a job for me here, would you? Come on, and uh, Ed, and somebody else, uh, do a job, or whoever it is. Oh, I'll just take one. And so we have a bookmark, you see. Uh, uh, it's something you put in your Bible, right? mark where you're up to but on this bookmark it's people i especially pray for and I put my names down of the people i'm particularly praying for and on the back of it people who are my partners in mission and then on the back here, who are the people who are my partners in mission? So I will put my CMS missionary friend down, or I put down the pastor of my church, or I put down my colleagues at Two Ways Ministry on the back, you see. You'll notice it doesn't say, uh, these are the people I want to convert, because it might fall into the hands of someone I'm talking to, it just says I'm praying for them, right? That, these are my presence. And so we put names down because it's so easy to forget and every time I open my Bible there it is there for me to remind me to be praying for people now all this is the indication that I am a man in my eighth decade you of course are nowhere near your eighth decade and so you don't have Bibles to start with and you don't have cards either you have telephones but that's alright you can do this electronically can't you Edmund, I hope you can tell us how to do it electronically, because I haven't really... Come, 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 come and tell us. What What do you do if you if you haven't got a Bible and you haven't got a card and you don't know how to use a pen? Uh, well, uh, there's no silver bullet in praying. I think praying is just do it and pray. Pray until you've got nothing to pray about. But these are these are things that can help you. Sometimes they can be distractions. So uh, I'll just provide uh, some examples so one example I do use myself personally I'm not saying it's the definitive app uh, is something called prayer mate uh, so it's like you can download on your your apps a uh, good thing about prayer mate is you can you can do like a bookmark but it kind of organizes it for you I have ups and downs in terms of my how consistent I am but when I am consistent it's a really great app to use most of us find we get a bit sloppy and aren't organized enough It doesn't take much to organise a little bit on prayer and certainly the bookmark is, I found, one of the easiest ways about the really central things I want to keep praying for. You need a prayer diary or something like that, bigger if you're going to cover more people. And the app? Prayer Mate. Mate. So we're going to pray for families now and friends. I'm going to finish the evening with a prayer. I want you all to think of one person, just one, each one, Think of one person family friend cousin cousins are great to evangelize because you know yeah they know you and they don't know you and you can pick up cousins friends next door neighbor one person in your class at uni at, at work one person and go around the group start at this end go around the group quickly one sentence prayers asking god to bring that person to christ Asking God to be blessing that person is not. Let's finish for praying for... We started with the world and CMS missionaries and Australia. Let's finish where we are in our own family or friends or contacts.